Welcome back to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. My name is Julie Love. I'm your host. Thank you very much for listening and tuning in. Today we are recording episode 109. And before I introduce my guest, I want to introduce my book, which is the same title as this podcast. It's called A Gift from Adversity. And I wrote this book in 2020. The subtitle of the book is the Overcoming Sexual Abuse, Domestic Violence, Bullying, and Homelessness. And it's available on Amazon. After I published my book, I got a lot of messages from all over the world and people sharing their adversities. And last year, I felt very compelled to start a platform where it's safe and then where we can talk about adversities, but not only that, but the tools that people use to overcome and the gift that came from it. So thank you to all of our guests. And today we have a wonderful guest, Jackie Diggins from Montana. Hello, Jackie. Thank you so much for coming into a gift adversity today. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. So Jackie, can you tell us who you are and then where you're coming in today and then what you do and if you have any social media, website, book, anything that you want to promote? Yeah, thank you. So yes, I'm Jackie Diggins. I'm mom of 10 children. I'm also your covenant life coach, which just means I help leaders, um, church leaders, ministry leaders, coaches, uh, come in alignment with the word of God so that they can live the supernatural life that God's called us to live. And it's by simply believing in and in obedience to the word of God um, without it being complicated. So anyway, that's what I do. And I, um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, under Jackie Diggins. That's just how you can find me there. I've also written two books. One is called Covered, Living in Triumph While Going Through Trials. It reminds me of your um, the name of your book as well, Jury. But anyway, I just share how um, growing, choosing growth through through trials rather than staying stuck in them um, helps us rise up. And and it, we're actually called um, if we do choose joy and to rise up in trials, then we become mature and complete, lacking nothing, is what the word says. Um, and then my second book is called What If You Believed? And it's a 31-day devotional style daily read, 31 beliefs to act on from the living word to bring about life change. So I just share a scripture. And then what if you actually believed that and lived that way? What would that look like? So anyway, I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you so much, Jackie. And then where in Montana are you in from? Like, are you coming in from? Right. I'm southeastern Montana. I've never been to Montana, so I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> we're a large state. And yeah, we're in the southeastern corner. So we're not near the mountains. We're more near the Badlands area, which is a beautiful, colorful hills and countryside. So... 
Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing. So people, please check out Jackie's books and their website. Now let's dive into our first question, which is the adversity. So Jackie, can you tell our audience, what was your adversity? So the adversity was, I was going on my 10th baby and my husband fell into a breakdown depression season. And, you know, as a wife, mom, I was a homeschool mom. I just was kind of like, okay, we'll just flow through this. Well, he was in a negative enough spot that I realized at one point, I can't live this way, right? Like, this is not good for my family for me just to be okay with um, the way he was. We were safe. He wasn't being physically abusive, but just more mentally and just in a very negative spot. And so, you know, um, in my life, I ask God what to do. I've learned to ask God what to do. So I feel like I had been kind of asking, but I wasn't listening, right? So finally, one morning, my husband had taken the children somewhere and I was home and I just asked God, what do you want me to do here? And he told me, pack your bags. Now, me as a mom of that many children, I'm like, you want me to pack my bags? Like, I don't want to leave my husband. I don't want to leave my family. I couldn't um, think of how that would work out well. But it was like the Lord was telling me, what if you just obey what I said? You know, because we can wrap drama around what we're what we hear, what we're told. So I did just that. I just packed my bag, right? I didn't add any more thoughts of what will this mean? And then what happened was when my husband came home a little while later, he said, what are you doing? And I said, and I felt like my words were very intentional. I can't live this way anymore, right? Just meaning in the negativity that way, um, I knew that that God had better for us and that wasn't a place he wanted us staying. And so I said, so I will just go to a motel because he asked me what I thought I was going to do. And I just said, I think I'll go to a motel. I believe I was pregnant with my 10th baby at the time. And, um, you know, I just, we were very low on money then you know, things were very tight. So I, I was just like taking steps with God. And at that moment, my husband said, I'll go. He said, no, I'll go. And so I was thankful in that moment, like, wow, God opened the door for me to just out of an, oh, an obedience, right? For me to be able to stay. And when he left, neither of us were thinking for a long time, right? Or, you know, to divorce. So he just went somewhere that was um, an hour out. We had a, a place out of town just that had heat and lights that he could get refreshed for a couple of days. You know, I think he was maybe gone four days or something like that. But it, what it did was it created a shift for us in that space. 
And so um, when he came home, then we things weren't better right away. But I think we both knew like, okay, this isn't staying like this, right? And about um, a year or somewhere in there later, he ended up going out of town for work. So he was gone more than he was home for a year and a half. And I had at the t- at that time, a couple of the kids had left the house. So I had seven kids left at home and were just new to the public school system after, after we had homeschooled for almost 20 years. Um, the Lord had told me to put the kids in school, but anyway, it was like God took my husband out of our home so that we could be refreshed, so that he could gain vision, you know, and do the next thing in his life. And so um, from that space, it was a very, uh, a very challenging time with him away with that many kids new to the public school system and all the things um, that I remember at one point in that time, I had to tell him, I'm not going to be able to talk to you because we would often talk on the phone in the evening. I was like, I'm not going to be able to talk to you because it would be like he was pulling me down and I was trying to help the kids rise up in their new space that they were kind of struggling in some of them and manage manage them in school and I was going to bible school at the time as well so it was just this space of um everyone around me was kind of like my husband was struggling still he wasn't home but he was just in a continual like I don't know what I'm doing here well I, I'm like you figure it out because I know God has something to show you while you're away. And then um, just me helping my kids rise up and get become more comfortable in their spot, you know, um, in the new school system. So um, anyway, that that was the main adversity time of just husband breaking down, um, depression season, very negative. We had 10 children or going on 10 in the home. And um, then finally where, where my husband was taken out of our home and just gone more than he was home for that time. So are you guys still together or are you guys? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we are. Yeah. So I have a, an amazing, you know, gift on the other side to share too but I see so let's go back to where you were uh when you were pregnant with the 10th children and then when you're having this um your partner your husband uh going through this breakdown what was the breakdown like um was he having a, a lot of panic attacks or like you know like due to like what do you know what caused his depression? Maybe? Yeah, well, if you can imagine, so we were going on our 10th baby, which we had decided we were feeling like God wanted us to raise a large family. So we were just taking steps that way. Um, always asking after each baby, 
do we want another one? Like, is there more here? And so at that point there was, and we did end with 10 children. But um, so he would, we were also had a family business, right? We were um, greenhouse elect, he would greenhouse landscape company. So plants and you would lay out design for um for people's yards and things like that. He was also an electrician, a master electrician. So he did some of that work, but um, he wasn't taking time for himself, basically. He, he just would go from working and having several employees and just chasing the next paycheck to coming home and dealing with the family and all the things, you know, the dynamics of a, a large family and raising children. So, so we also had just chose to shut down that greenhouse business. So he was kind of in a transition from that and just lost vision, just lost as far as just like, what's next, you know, kind of some of his hope was gone and direction in life was gone. So yeah, that, that was what what caused that season and he was more um he wasn't so I said he wasn't physically harmful to us at all but just very angry very lashing out and um everything out of his mouth was negative just you know bringing all of us down in in a way so um, and I think to a point that some of the children, they didn't always feel safe because they wouldn't know if he would, you know, if anger would flare up. And so, yeah, that's what that was like. So did you get a lot of um, maybe PTSD or your children also got affected mentally as well from that negative time from your husband's um maybe something that he said, how did it affect you? Right. Yes. So yeah, I believe that we were, I think that's why God took him out of our home for a little while because, you know, when um, someone's away, it makes the heart grow fonder. Right. So that's what it felt like it was doing. It was giving him some evenings of quiet, some some new places, you know, to, uh, be. And, um, and then it was giving us a chance to miss him, right. To, to want him back and be excited when he would come home. It was usually every couple of weeks, sometimes a little bit longer where he would come home for a few days and then leave again because of the way the job went. But yeah, we definitely needed that space. And I'm thankful for that time because I saw it as, wow, God is really bringing some restoration through what looked like a hard, also, it was very hard not having him there, but it was probably harder having him at that time because of the state he was in. So... Before we move move on to the second question, so I want to ask you, how do you juggle with 10 children? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, 
as I was raising my children, and I did feel like God called us to that, right? And so, um, but it wasn't, and it wasn't easy. Obviously, it was a journey of growth. Um, I remember one time I had about six kids at the time, and I was crying. I was sitting on my couch. The kids were, we would always do music together. So they were, the little bit older ones were learning some instruments and I had little toy instruments for the younger ones. And so we would spend some time uh, doing that. And I just remember I was holding a baby in my arms and I was like, God, I need help. I don't know how to do this, right? How to maintain the home, how to train the kids, how to teach them school, you know, all the things. And um, I looked up on my wall and a, a few months before a friend had given me a verse. It, that is one of those that you can like um, put up on the wall. I think they're called a vinyl something. So anyway, she had just had gotten two of them. She said, do you want this? I'm like, oh, sure. And it was, it wasn't a verse that I was attached to at all or, but I just put it up on my wall above our window there. And I looked up and this is what the verse was said, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. So as I'm sitting there crying and I look up at that verse and I'm like, God, I don't want to get to the end of this raising my kids, you know, building our home and and be in a spot where I've done it all like in my own agenda and my own just like, what? This is what I thought. But but actually I just asked him right there, Lord, I need you to help me build my home. I need you to do it. I don't know how I'm gonna lean on, rely on you here. And so that's just kind of how I, how I went. I, I slowed down. I'd asked the Lord a lot of, as things came up with training my kids, with the schooling, I just started asking him how, what chore to do next or who to put on that chore, you know? And so, um, so that's the way I learned to manage the home and, and it actually began flowing very well when I when I chose not to ju- just do it in my own mind, my own wis- wisdom type thing, but just seeking his wisdom for it. Well, thank you so much for sharing. And I just want to echo it with you. I didn't have children, but I had a house and a dog with my first husband. And I had my mental breakdown and then I was never really treated with my PTSD. Mm -hmm. I had counselings, but um, not the way that I understand how it works now, Mm -hmm. back then. So Mm -hmm. I had a big significant event that happened, which is not in my book because it involves uh, different family members that... I didn't get a permission or I, I didn't feel comfortable to write. But um, basically it was about my father who was abusive. And then it got me to a really, really dark place. And mentally, um, I just couldn't talk. 
and I just couldn't um, express what it was. And I went like really bad depression. And that's when I um, divorced my first husband. And I still feel really bad because um, it really damaged him and our relationship, obviously. And luckily I didn't have kids. We just had a dog and then the house. Um, but I remember clearly that he wanted like marriage counseling. I didn't want to go. I was escaping. I was running away. And then even um, when I had when I had um, really good life with him, and then even at the honeymoon that we went in this heavenly place um, in Caribbean. Like I got a panic attack and then I just um, couldn't be present. And sometimes I am, I feel like in a way I'm advocating for your husband at the time mm -hmm. because I was on the other end. I wasn't okay, but I wasn't really sure why. And then I had to leave. And mm -hmm. so it's really admirable that you guys didn't get divorced. Right. And you mm. kind of gave a space to each other and then kind of got back. But when he kind of got back, was everything okay? Or was it still negative sometimes here and there, ups and downs? Yeah. So he came back um, right about the time that COVID hit, right? And and the Lord was just leading me. So I had just finished two years of Bible school. And then I said, okay, what do you want me to do? Well, my kids all came home from school because of COVID. So then I was homeschooling again for those few months before summertime. But in that time, the Lord was like, I want you to become a coach, right? So a a life coach. That's what I am, a faith-based life coach. And I believe I'm so thankful for the training that I had, and not only through my life experiences, but also then through coaching that I could kind of help him rise up more. Like I think he a lot had been done while he was gone, just a refreshing of his mind, just physically refreshed. Um, cause his job wasn't really hard. Um, it, it took more, more mental, uh, stimulation then cause he was kind of learning some new things, but it was also just a more less low stress place, which I was thankful for. Um, so, uh, I, I can't remember if I answered the question you just asked now or not, but Go ahead and yeah no I was asking if everything was okay after he came back oh yeah so then yeah with the with me becoming a coach then I just helped him kind of process through that and he ended up starting another business you know we ended up buying some properties and just stepped kind of into his calling you know and still through, we would sit down probably once a week and 
he would want me to coach him, you know, just things he was struggling with. So I was thankful for the opportunity to be able to help him, you know, through that with the skills I had. And thankfully, even though I was a wife, that he would open up and listen to, you know, some of the it was it's more coaching. So it's like helping pull out what's in, you know, what's in his heart, not just me giving advice, right? It's more of a helping him process what he what God's saying to him. So um yeah, so he is fully restored now and we have um you know a good relationship. We've actually learned to communicate a lot better and he's learned to listen to himself better and what he needs as far as just times sitting and time with God and you know all the things like that. Um so yeah, I'm very thankful that we did not have to be apart any longer. It's very admirable. A lot of divorce um, that I know of, and then I, I know the divorce rate in America is over sixty percent. And you know the challenges like that is very common, obviously. But it's very admirable that he came back and listened to you and then listened to himself, which is very hard. And especially men's mental health are not openly talked about or not so normalized. I would I would kind of feel the um, general public opinions um, as a journalist. Women feel, I think, more comfortable talking about the mental health issues than men because I feel like society puts a lot of pressure as a man, as head of household, and then be okay at all the time, be 100% composed. And then I feel that, um, especially interviewing a lot of people, Black men, um, Black community, um, a lot of times that it's considered weak uh, when you have a mental health uh crisis or nervous breakdown and just to admit what's wrong and then just to seek for help and even listen to your wife some man cannot do that right yeah and I was thankful we we were in a spot where that was working and I think part of the reason was is was because God had led led me through a time when my husband was gone and previous steps before that to let go of control of things around me, of people, of my um, space around me, my things. So I'll, I'll just share this, this vision that I had, which really helped me realize, like I wasn't anymore in need of my husband. He, he was in my life, which I, I was thankful for. But if he went away, I was okay. And I knew that. And so this vision that I had, and it's actually the doc on, on the front of this book is part of what was in my vision. So one night when my husband was away and I, I said to God, I'm feeling like there's nothing physical to hang on to anymore like things that we find security in, right? So previous years, I had let go of finding security in my kids, finding um, 
my, like, I didn't need my kids to act a certain way for me to be okay, right? Which earlier on, like, I had to process through that because I would always, like, if they misbehaved, I'd, I'd put it back on myself, right? Like, oh, no, now I'm a bad mom or whatever thoughts come. So I had let go of the need to have my children acting a certain way or being a certain way for me to be okay, right? I had never been a person that was into material things. I'm thankful for them, but I didn't need that. And early on, my dad was in a car accident when I was 12 and killed. And so my sisters and I had to go through his, the few things that he had. Well, I was the sister, you know, I was actually the middle one that was like, I don't care what I get. Like this, this isn't important to me. The things aren't important to me. So the sisters that were wanting were more concerned about what they got. I was like, go ahead. It wasn't worth a fight. Right. So I had just learned that material things were not important. I would be thankful for them in my life, but not needing all of them. Um, we had gone through a season where it was very difficult with extended family. And so I had been learning to just like, okay, I'm okay with or without, you know. And then that was the same thing. My husband wasn't there anymore, you know, because when he was going on through the breakdown, he wasn't there for me mentally. He wasn't there for me in like as a husband, you know, intimately. And so I was, so I was sitting there in my room like, God, I feel like there's nothing left physically to hang on to. You know, there weren't, I had some friends, but when you grow a family like that, a lot of them, they don't understand you. And we had also just switched churches. And so a lot of friends had that were at the other church were not, didn't continue being friends when we left that church type idea. So anyway, but you know, when I said that, so I'm on this dock, pictured myself on this dock that was waving with the water. And I'm like, God, it's getting so unstable here. I don't have anything physical to hang on to. And it was like he said to me, that's exactly where I want you. And the thought was just that I want you only relying on me, you know, only relying on him. And I'm like, okay, I can see that, you know, everything else might feel like it's secure, but it's actually a false security usually if we're relying on it in some way, you know, so I was like, okay, I see that. And then he said, and now I'm going to ask you to step off the dock onto the water. Well, at that point, I kind of, I remember kind of looking around. I don't feel secure anyway. Like, I feel like I'm going to fall off this dock that's waving, you know, kind of. And so I just, in my vision, I took the step off and I found that it was more secure there. And it was because I was on my rock, on my firm foundation, living in Christ, not relying on the physical things of the world um, for security or for needing 
that he, like he tells us in the word, he's our all in all. He is enough. And so I found though that as I, as I let go of everything physical, it all came back, right? He gave everything back to me in, in a sense, so. Yes, well, thank you so much for sharing that. And um, I'm sorry about your father. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and that was just another, it's a trial that I had to rise up in, you know, or just, or I stay stuck there, right? You are so young. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, just 12 then. And I can't imagine what my life would be like if I would, if that pain from that was still at the forefront of my life, I wouldn't be able to be, be there for my children. Like I want, you know, like I'm called to be and be there for the people that, that God's called me to reach. And, you know, so I'm, I'm thankful to have just found growth in that spot. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for sharing that. And then I want to echo about the material material things. And then I know a lot of times propagandas, media biases, like we call um, the successful life as money and fame and then all that glorious things. But then you see the case of, for instance, Robin Williams, that had all the fame and the money in the world as a movie star committed suicide and then a lot of times like you no know, people think that he has this the best life and fame and then um i was on a set with him one time long time ago in new york and he looked fabulous and everything and then you know people just don't know what's going on and then people just like kind of work so hard towards materialistic things too and then even when they have it inside when they feel empty and you know sadly that becomes kind of empty so I really appreciate you mentioning about materialistic things and then how letting go of the control mm -hmm. um, can be a challenge for a lot of people I think it's coming from a lot of media, a lot of um, this dream life, American dreams, and then um, what different cultures, different countries, different uh, goals, and then um, kind of uh, expectations, especially from the families and you know society, and then pressure that you have to live off of. So. Right. I really appreciate you bringing that forefront that that can be one of the challenge in our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just realizing that whatever we have in life is actually a gift, but what if we hold it more with open hands and letting, you know, things come and go from our lives as as God sees fit. Like if we believe he's a good God, then we know that anything that happens, it will turn for our good. Even if it can look like it's not good at the time, like that, the situation with my husband, I look at how much growth we, everything we learned through that, you know, I wouldn't, 
I don't wish for that again, but I'm thankful for all that we learned in it and the growth we could see. And our marriage is actually better now than it was before, you know, because we walked through that and, and it ended up, I mean, at the time when I packed my bag, I didn't know if, if our marriage was ending, I didn't know, but it, I, I, um, Compare it with the story of Abraham when God asked him to sacrifice his son. I I don't know if you're familiar with that story from the Bible, but he was asked to sacrifice his son. And that's that just like me packing my bag seemed like, God, what you want me to do this? Just like Abraham. But Abraham walked that mountain with his son and carrying all the wood and things to make the sacrifice knowing that he served a good God, right? And that's what allowed him to to obey up until God said no. Because God wants to see our heart. Are we for him? You know, are we willing to do whatever he asks us to, no matter how hard or unfamiliar or scary it can be? Well, thank you for sharing that. So let's move on to the second question, which is the tools that you use to overcome. You kind of shared a little bit here and there, but what would you say um, maybe top three tools that you use to overcome that truly worked for your adversity? Yes. Yeah. So I think first of all, I listening to God, And it's not, sometimes people are like, so how do you do that? Well, I learned to listen here rather than my mind. So more of a heart listen rather than a mind listen. And being willing to say the words that are, sometimes we're afraid to say them, but those wise words can be a prodding for someone to shift or for, for the thing to move. Right. So I remember saying words to my husband. I I don't know if I could remember exactly what they were now, but I remember thinking, God, you want me to say that? And when I just said, okay, I will, um, it shift, it helped shift him, you know, and so, so those would be listening to God and saying the words that are on your heart, like the words that God's maybe put there to go, you need to say this to him, you know, and, um, and then also doing that thing that might, that nobody else might agree with. Like I would guess if I would have shared it with a pastor, with um, maybe a friend, with family members, they would have been like, Jackie, you can't pack your bag. You know, they would have created all the drama around what I felt like I was being asked to do. So being okay with uh, people not agreeing with what you're doing when you know, no, I know I need to do this, right? Um, So I guess those would be the three things, you know, that I can think of. 
Well, thank you so much. And my last question is a gift that came from it. So what would you say a gift that came from your adversity? Yeah. So number one is I'm thankful I still have my marriage and, and our family. Because you can imagine if we would have split, we had so many children that would have been like, where do we go now? Or, you know, they would have just felt... Um, um, I'm uprooted or whatever. So I'm thankful for that gift of restoration. And then also just the gift of just growth, just maturity and growth and understanding in that, in that difficult time, you know, I know a lot of people go through different things like that. And now I have a story to share and help other people. And so, yeah, that would be the main gifts from that situation. Well, thank you very much for coming into a gift from adversity today. Yes, thanks for having me. I enjoyed our conversation. Wonderful. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of A Gift from Adversity. I have more guests coming in and looking forward to more conversation. Have a great day.